A lot of you watching right now are probably in your mid to late 20s or early 30s even and thinking, man, I really should have done something awesome with my life. Well, today's list is a reminder that it's never too late because these 10 fighters didn't make their pro debuts until they were at least 30, and every one of them still managed to make a big impact on mixed martial arts. Get ready to be inspired as we count them down from youngest to oldest and show you why there's no better time to start than right now. Unless you're in your 40s, then fighting is probably not your best bet. But I'm sure there's other stuff. Hey, before we get into it, don't forget to like, subscribe, and click the bell to turn on notifications. That way you never miss an upload. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and these are 10 fighters who started after 30 and still became stars. Number 10. Mark Hunt as you'll see with, well, everyone on this list, while each of them began their professional MMA journeys in their 30s, they were no strangers to other combat sport disciplines. Mark Hunt didn't walk into some LA fitness trying to get in shape for beach season and get noticed hitting the heavy bag. He was a badass K1 kickboxer and had already won the 2001 Grand Prix. He would get third place in the next year's tournament, and seeing as many of his high-profile bouts were in Japan, it was a no-brainer to book Hunto in Pride FC, who were known to pull from the kickboxing talent pool quite often. At 30 years, 2 months, and 28 days old, Mark had his first MMA bout, an armbar loss to Hidehiko Yoshida, Shida at Pride Critical Countdown 2004. From there, though, he would go on a five-fight win streak, defeating Vanderlei Silva and Mirko Krokop, and the rest is history. Hunto would go on to fight some of the biggest names in the sport, Josh Barnett, Fedor, Overeem. He would enter the UFC in 2010 and have a surprising run of victories that led to a classic title eliminator with Junior Dos Santos. He would even fight Fabrizio Verdum for interim gold, and unfortunately for him, welcome Brock Lesnar back from retirement at UFC 200. A fan-favorite slugger, Hunto may have come to MMA relatively late, but he made the most of it and would go on to compete until 2018 before being let go by the UFC. Number 9. Daniel Cormier the champ champ himself, the king of the grind, Mr. ESPN broadcaster, everybody's favorite terrifying teddy bear, Daniel Cormier. It was pretty evident before DC even turned 18 that he was going to be something special on the mats, winning three Louisiana State Championships in wrestling. He would go on to win two JUCO National Championships before heading to Oklahoma State, coming up short to kill Sanderson in 2001. No shame there. By the time Cormier was getting out of college, MMA was struggling in the US. The UFC had just been bought by Zufa, so it makes sense that a prime early 20s DC would focus on Team USA wrestling. Over the next seven years, Daniel would win a ton of U.S. national championships, get fourth in the 2004 Olympics, and be team captain in 2008 when he unfortunately was unable to compete due to kidney failure caused by the insane weight cutting that comes with being an Olympic wrestler. Since the 2012 games were likely out of question, DC turned his focus to MMA and started training at the American Kickboxing Academy, where he would really take well to the sport. In September of 2009, after 30 years, 6 months, and 5 days, Cormier made his MMA debut at a Strikeforce Challenger show and TKO'd Gary Frazier in the second round. DC would win his next 9 fights and be the surprise winner of the Strikeforce Heavyweight Grand Prix Tournament before heading over to the UFC and having a, a pretty decent career. Given how much time he spent wrestling in his prime though, you do have to wonder what 2004 Cormier would have done in the cage. Would have been a sight to see. Number 8. Shane Carwin the only reason Shane Carwin started MMA so late is because he's a giant nerd, don't tell him I said that. Shane may look like a wordless barbarian brute, but he has two bachelor's degrees, one in mechanical engineering, the other in environmental technology, and well, getting two degrees takes time. While he was learning everything he needed to become a civil engineer, something he still does to this day, Carwin was being one of the most badass athletes in the country, winning a D2 national championship in wrestling, while simultaneously being a good enough college football player to participate in the Senior Bowl. Between all the learning and being a badass, Carwin was booked up until 2004, when he would start his career in engineering, but also begin training for mixed martial arts. By October 2005, he was ready for his first pro bout and made his debut at WEC 17 at the tender age of 30 years, 9 months, 10 days. Eight first round finishes later, and Shane was in the UFC, where he would reach the title picture after just three wins. Sadly, like the Super Shredder, Carwin's time at the top was brief. 
It's a super shredder. After losing the heavyweight unification bout to Brock Lesnar at UFC 116, a massive show and the peak of his career, Shane would drop a decision to Junior Dos Santos before being forced to retire due to issues with his back. Carwin was asked about whether he wished he could have started MMA earlier, and he said every fighter only has 10 good years, so he felt okay coming to the sport late. It's unfortunate we only got to see six years out of him, though. Number 7. Rafael Lovato Jr. Another career started late and sadly ended too soon. Rafael Lovato Jr. is basically just better than us in every single way. Seriously, a champion from day one. He started training in a variety of martial arts and combat sports as a kid, his father a Jeet Kune Do instructor, before taking the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu like a fish to rear naked chokes, becoming a black belt at 21, the youngest American ever to do so. Three years later, he would be the second ever non-Brazilian to win the World Jiu-Jitsu Championship and the first American to ever win a Brazilian National Jiu-Jitsu Championship. He did those both in the same year. Three World Nogi titles, two Pan Americans, a European Championship, Nogi World Cup Gold in Abu Dhabi, an absolute win in Sao Paulo in 2013, not to mention 15 other podium spots in major tournaments. The guy was a legend on the mats, but there was just one problem. He got bored of dominating all the time. He was constantly competing against and beating the best, and he really missed that feeling of being uncomfortable and having to work his way up rather than maintain his spot at the top. So Lovato made a natural progression to MMA in 2014. Sure, he was 31 years, 3 months, and 1 day old when he made his debut, but he was clearly going to be a problem on the ground, and having grown up in combat sports, he took to MMA pretty well, as in by his 10th straight victory since starting, he would beat fucking Gegard Masasi for the Bellator middleweight world title. Sadly though, that's where the story ends, or at least for now. Rafael has been trying to get medically cleared, but unable to do so due to a brain condition. His last bout that title victory in June of 2019. Number 6. Mark Coleman all Mark Coleman ever wanted in his entire life was to be the best, and for him growing up, that meant being the best wrestler. First, it was at the high school level, winning state championships. Then it was at Miami of Ohio and Ohio State, winning a national championship in 88. From there, he joined Team USA, coming up just short of a world title in 91, before representing the country in the Barcelona Olympics. After falling short in the 96 trials, Mark was in a tough spot. Wrestling had been how he defined himself, and his quest for greatness appeared to be winding down. Then, as he tells it, he just happened to catch a UFC event while sitting on the couch, and couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe you could beat three guys up in a night and they wouldn't throw you in jail. So Mark started training for MMA just as hard as he had during his time as a wrestler and at 31 years, 6 months and 22 days, just a week before the start of the Summer Olympics he had missed, Coleman would make his professional MMA debut in the UFC 10 tournament and win all three bouts that night via TKO to become the tournament champion. He would win UFC 11 as well before going on to become the first ever promotional heavyweight champion. The Hammer got to prove he was the best in the world again when he won the Pride FC 2000 Openweight Grand Prix. Coleman has said he would have started MMA as a kid had it existed, but despite his late start, he still managed to have a legendary pioneering career. Number 5. Maurice Smith Speaking of pioneers, and this one closely tied to our last entry, Maurice Smith, a kickboxer initially with 71 bouts and ISKA and WKA heavyweight championships, Smith trained all sorts of martial arts growing up, but started KB at 18, he would turn pro at 20, this was in 1982, and for the next decade he would make his name in the kickboxing world. In 1989 he was invited to do a mixed rules bout at UWF Newborn in Japan. This was one of those precursor pro wrestling shoot fights that led to the explosion of Japanese MMA. He competed against Minoru Suzuki, who would go on to found Pancrase, and apparently the was a big hit in Japan. He did it again in 1992 with Pancrase co-founder Masakatsu Funaki, and wouldn't you know it, when they went and made Pancrase that next year, they invited Maurice to participate. Coming off his loss to Ernesto Hoost at the K1 Grand Prix 93, Smith would make his official MMA debut at Pancrase Yes We Are Hybrid Wrestlers 3 at 31 years, 10 months, 26 days of age. It would be a rematch with Suzuki that he would win via a knockout. Over the course of the next four years, Maurice kept getting subbed in his losses. Those damn grapplers, you know? So he teamed up with Frank Shamrock, and they filled in each other's weaknesses. Their team, one of the early 
earliest examples of fighters cross-training and disciplines. All of this would culminate with Smith defeating Mark Coleman for the heavyweight title at UFC 14, in doing so cementing an evolution of the sport where strikers could learn to grapple and vice versa. A true pioneer, and he did it in his 30s with a whole kickboxing career behind him. Number 4. Yoel Romero I believe it was Yoel Romero who once said, Everything is possible in you life when you believe. As a matter of fact, I know he said it. It's part of one of the greatest interviews in MMA history. And it's hard to argue with the man when you consider everything he's done. Romero was an absolute beast on the wrestling mats representing Cuba. In total, 10 major championships, including a world title in 1999, a silver medal in the 2000 Sydney Games, and overall 19 top three finishes in major wrestling tournaments over the course of a decade starting in the late 90s. After winning a tournament in Germany in 2007, Yoel would just never go back home, defecting from Cuba a story he has not fully explained over the years, besides to say that there were problems that had arose. Over the next few years, he would continue to wrestle in Germany with no real MMA aspirations. He thought maybe he would coach wrestling or become a pastor. But over the years in Cuba, he would occasionally get bootlegged versions of UFC shows and was awed by fighters like Anderson Silva and Maurice Smith, Hoist Gracie. Feeling inspired, he began training and would make his MMA debut in December of 2009 while still living in Germany. He was nearly 33 years old, but of course, as we know, Romero is an ageless wonder. And after heading to the States and and joining American Top Team, his career took off, entering the UFC in 2013 and having one of the best middleweight careers of any non-champion in the sport's history. Remember, you have two hands just like him. So go, go. Number three, Kong Lee. It's truly remarkable that Kong Lee had a chance to do anything in life. He and his mother escaped Saigon just three days before its fall in 1975. His father sadly did not make it. From there, the family found a refugee camp in the Philippines before moving to San Jose, California. As a young Vietnamese boy living in the U.S. after the war, as you can imagine, things were tough, and so he began learning martial arts to protect himself. First, it was Taekwondo, then Kun Tao, Sambo. He was a hell of a wrestler, too, becoming a Juco All-American during his time at West Valley College. It was Sanda, though, or Chinese kickboxing, which Lee began at the age of 19, that would end up being what led him to mixed martial arts. If you've never seen Sanda, it's a hybrid style sport, much like MMA, full contact, it's kickboxing, but there's throws, takedowns, and sweeps. Lee was a fucking badass, going undefeated in his 17 fight professional career, where he won three US Open International Martial Arts Championships, four US National Championships, three bronze medals in Worlds as an amateur, an IKF Light Heavyweight World title, and competed in K1 four times. Being from San Jose and a kickboxer, Lee naturally crossed paths with Scott Coker, and competed for Strike Force back when it was still a kickboxing promotion. Then, when California legalized MMA, Coker put one of San Jose's biggest combat sports stars in the feature bout to move the crowds in. Kong Lee made his MMA debut at 33 years, 9 months, 13 days old. He would go on to be Strikeforce middleweight champion and eventually enter the UFC, where he had some bangers with Vanderlei Silva, Rich Franklin, and Michael Bisbean before retiring in 2015. Number 2. Randy Couture how can we talk about old guys starting MMA as old guys without discussing the natural? Randy Couture won a state championship in wrestling his senior year before joining the U.S. Army, where a mistake would see him enrolled in their Greco-Roman program when he had only ever done freestyle wrestling. Oops, turns out he was world-class at it, and after six years in the military, he would serve as an Olympic alternate in 1988, as well as the 92 and 96 games. Starting in 1990, Couture would wrestle for Oklahoma State University, where he would be national champion runner-up twice and become a three-time All-American. You can already see how he would end up coming to MMA so late. At the end of his college career, he was already 29 years old because of his military service. His MMA career just kind of happened on a whim, as Couture put it. The UFC had become a hotbed for badass collegiate wrestlers, and while he was still, of course, training for the Olympics, he told the UFC if they needed anybody, he could serve as an alternate. Three weeks before UFC 13, they asked if he could go, and Randy entered the octagon on May 30th, 1997. He was less than a month shy of 34 years old. Who could have imagined he'd have more than a decade left in him? Couture would go on to win the tournament and become an MMA legend and one of the most beloved figures in the sport. No big deal. 
Before we talk about our top entry, some honorable mentions to fighters who weren't quite 30, but pretty damn close when they started, like Tank Abbott, Brock Lesnar, Ken Shamrock, Chuck Liddell, Holly Holm, Bob Sapp, current interim heavyweight champion Cyril Gaon. There are quite a few stars that made their way to MMA in their late 20s, and we thought they deserved some recognition. It's almost never too late to start, and what better example of that than number one, Dan Severn. If there is one man in human history that will remind me to never complain about getting old, it is MMA pioneer Dan Severn. He was older than I am currently when he started MMA, and he did that shit for 18 years and had nearly 130 fights. Say what you will about the last 60 of those or so, but it's still stepping in there with someone who's going to punch you in the face. Let's rewind a bit here. Severn didn't just materialize in the octagon in 1994 with a mustache ready to kick some ass. First, he would win 13 AAU national championships in wrestling. 13 of them from 1982 to 1994. He's a member of the Arizona State University Wrestling Hall of Fame, and he was a three-time Olympic alternate going back to the 1980 Games. Over the course of the 80s and early 90s, Severn would dabble in other combat sports like judo and sambo, all while wrestling and competing regularly, as well as coaching at the collegiate level. In the early 90s, Severn would begin pro wrestling as well, because he apparently didn't already have enough on his plate. When a friend showed him VHS tapes of UFC 1 and 2, his interest was piqued in another project, and so he applied. After beating Art Davies at a pro wrestling show, Severn was picked to compete in UFC 4 on just five days' notice. So the Beast headed to Al Snow's wrestling gym for a week and trained as best as he could. He stepped into the cage at 36 years, 6 months, and 8 days old. His week with Snow got him into the tournament final, where he would lose to Hoist Gracie, but of course go on to be a vital part of the early UFC, and a Hall of Fame legend when it was all said and done. Big, big thank you to Ben Rosette, who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description, and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page, at Ben Rosette.